Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 89. I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me today is BT Calloway. Yo, yo. And coming from sunny California, all the way in the United States of America, from JTE Movie Thinks, from Screen Junkies, and from Collider, it's JTE. What's going on? I'm ready to talk some Simpsons, y'all. I'm a huge Simpsons fan, <laughs> grew up with it. I jumped ship when they went to crap. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> but I'm excited about this yeah. because I've not seen a lot of episodes outside of <laughs> the first 10, 12 episodes. Or sorry, seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we're more than ready to subject you to them as well. We've got, <laughs> we've got some great episodes lined up for you today. But before we get into that, so JTE, you've got your podcast, JTE Movie Thinks. Uh, what else do you do? Tell the people at home. Yeah, besides Screen Junkies and Collider and Schmodown, I have my own YouTube channel, JTE Movie Thinks. Also, that's my name on Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff. JTE Movie Thinks across the board. Uh, my YouTube channel, I do a lot of reviews. I do a lot of early stuff, especially for the big ones like Marvel and Star Wars. And I do trailer reactions. And I do like some other fun things. I just did an audio commentary for the movie Cobra with my, my boy Tom Dagnino, oh, a.k.a. Bobby Finstock. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, check those out. Check out my channel. I do a lot of geeky, fun stuff on there. Oh, excellent. But, yeah, today we're doing The Simpsons with you. Yeah, so just give us a history of you and The Simpsons. You've been watching from a young age? Yeah, listen, growing up, man, every Sunday night, it was appointment viewing. I would never miss a Simpsons episode. And then every day I would go to school, whether it be middle school or high school or elementary, and me and my friends would get together at lunchtime, and we would literally just talk about the Simpsons episode. It's all we would talk about, and we would just quote it to the end of the day. To this day, I could have a full conversation with two of my best friends, and we could almost have a complete conversation in Simpsons dialogue and quotes to the point where I don't even have to, like, sometimes I could just give a look to my friend. And we know exactly yeah. what we're both thinking when it comes to like that Simpsons episode. I'm just like, you know that? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. It just became like second nature to us. Ties into your post-apocalyptic theory, doesn't it? Yeah. When the world is wiped out by superintelligent cyborgs, they delete all our digital ability. Uh, we'll obviously have to communicate in a language they can't research. And that will be the endless knowledge of Simpsons quotes that we all have. <laughs> it'll be called Simpsonics. And it will save our lives. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so you dropped off at some point as well? You didn't keep watching after a certain point? Yeah, around season 11 or 12, it just started changing. At that point, I heard like a lot of the original writers left. I mean, Conan O'Brien one of the, has written some of the best episodes yeah. ever. He left. Yeah. It, you could just feel a change in the guard. You could just feel it didn't have the same tone, didn't have the same wittiness. And I do think a lot of it had to do with like Family Guy and South Park. Mm. In my opinion, it felt like at times they felt like they had to make it raunchier to like keep up with these new edgy shows. And to me, that's not what Simpsons was about. It was about great comedic timing, writing and characters. Yep. And it felt like to me, they just started, oh, let's just go a little raunchier, a little edgier. And we'll get these new audiences yeah. that are going for the edgier stuff. To me, it was a failure. No, absolutely. And um, was there an episode that was particularly raunchy or whatever that put you off? Or It wasn't like around season 13 or 14. It wasn't so much. It was like the writing was not there and like the heart felt like it wasn't there as much. But it wasn't until like I would jump in a couple of years later and certain episodes just enraged me. Like I remember seeing a commercial this week on The Simpsons. Marge gets a boob job. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that is your whole episode? Yeah. And like what is happening and then 
there's an episode I happened to turn on one day, and it was a Kurt Cobain like Homer's in college, and he's in the grunge. Yeah, that rewrote the history of how Marge met Homer. Yeah, and it, like when they started doing that, I was furious, and I was like, this show is dead to me. Nothing happened after maybe <laughs> season eleven or twelve. If it makes you feel any better, things get so much worse from there. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> arguably you, you got out when it was still okay. Yeah, I mean, but that's it, you know. It's weird to see that show and Homer singing 90 songs like Glycerine or whatever it was. But no, they grew up in the 80s. He was singing Girls Just Want to Have Fun When the Working Day is Done. Yeah, he worked at a golf <laughs> mini golf place. You know, that whole prom episode yeah. with John Lovitz yeah. is the one guy, Artie. <laughs> like, I love that history. Like, I joke about that all the time. My, I don't want the history of my beloved characters to be written, rewritten just to make fun of the grunge era. Yeah, like when birds suddenly appear is their song. Oh, yes. <laughs> Still brings me to tears. But unfortunately, we don't start out with the good episodes. We start out with the newer ones. And we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was season 21, episode 1, Homer the Whopper. First released in September of 09. It was directed by Lance Kramer and written by get this, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yes, that Seth Rogen and that Evan Goldberg. In this episode, it's discovered that Comic Book Guy has been writing a series of comics called Everyman about a superhero that can absorb the powers of any comic book hero whose comic he touches. And Bart discovers this and it becomes really popular amongst the school and eventually Comic Book Guy sells the rights and makes it into a movie in which Homer is starring as Everyman. So... What did we think? JTA, what'd you think? Yeah, you know, I gotta be honest. I went into this thinking I was gonna hate it. Uh, and it wasn't that yeah. bad. Uh, I think this episode is definitely tailored towards me. Someone who lives in Hollywood, reports on it every day, yep. is basically how I make my livelihood. Uh, so I enjoyed seeing them just kind of making fun of the Hollywood machine. And again, speaking of the classic Simpsons, it reminded me of Radioactive Man. Easily one of the best mm. episodes of Simpsons ever. The goggles... They do nothing. nothing. (laughs) One of the most quotable episodes ever. So it feels almost like a spiritual sister or brother to that episode. And it's kind of fun to see like what they thought Hollywood back then and what they do now. And not a lot of things changed, honestly. It seems pretty similar (laughs) in some ways. So overall, I liked it because of the subject matter. And I do think, again, I haven't seen any other episodes in this season, but I got to think that having Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen who work in this industry are producers, directors, they really brought in a fresh voice or at least a interesting perspective on the Hollywood goings of these guys. So to me, I think they're probably the MVPs of this episode. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, BT? Um, This is one that I think started off quite strong and then just about the halfway point tipped down and just dropped significantly for me Uh, because a big central conflict within this is Homer's weight and he gets, you know, buff for the film but then kind of apro of nothing he just gets fat again and then gets really fat and that's not driven by anything and that was a big disappointment for me and then yeah just a few kind of flyaway jokes start to make less and less sense and yeah yeah, i was so pumped for a while like oh this is a good one okay sweet and then no 
Yeah, it's you know it's good that you bring up Radioactive Man because that is an episode, uh, example of an episode that has a lot going on. There is so much happening in that episode, but it's got you know a solid through line. This one sort of it was about comic book guy, and then it shifted and became the Homer show, which was yeah kind of disappointing because. I think all the strongest material was at the top of the episode. I agree. Like, watching it, I'm thinking, oh, this is a comic book guy episode. And I was like, this would be interesting yeah. to see him kind of go forward center. Yeah. Like, I think it's interesting to have the creator of something kind of get eaten up and chewed out by the Hollywood machine. So, to me, I was like, no, oh, this is going to be fun. And then when they ditch him and they go for Homer to be, like, this movie star, that's just not something, like, when Homer did things that were kind of out of the ordinary, like, he went to space. In another one of the greatest Simpsons episodes <laughs> where he became an astronaut, the joke was, like, this guy can't do this. And it was a publicity yeah. stunt. There's no way in hell this guy is going to be the star of a movie like this. Even though I, I get the fact that Compa Guy is like, I have final say in this. And so for mm. me, I don't know. There's yep. some things that work, some things that didn't. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, top of the questionnaire. Let's get into it. So, JTE, for better or worse, what is a moment from this episode that stood out to you? I like the very beginning of the episode when they actually start reading the comic book. And I kind of like the fact that yeah. his power is, if you touch a comic book, you get that comic book hero's powers. Although I will say, there's a scene where he like touches Plastic Man comic, and Hitler is on the cover. And I legitimately thought he was going to turn to Hitler, man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's going to be, this is going to be funny. the title was Feather for the Fuhrer or yeah, something Yeah, like it's so ridiculous. Well. I missed that. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, he's definitely turning Hitler. Like, But they didn't. He just went to Plasma Man's. But I like that. And I like yeah. the one Bart is really just kind of like, hey, Spider-Man's based on a comic. That can't be right. And he's just like having a nerd heart attack. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed that. And then when, he, when Bart goes, so how many of these have you written? I thought he was going to say, oh, this is the only one. He's like... There's 300 yeah. freaking <laughs> comics written, and the most controversial is the death of Marmaduke, and the cover was really funny. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Something he's never shown anyone else ever has a controversial episode. <laughs> exactly. Like he already knows it's going to be controversial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you, BT? What's a moment from this episode that stood out to you, for better or worse? Uh, I really like. There's a joke where we've got a bunch of Hollywood executive types sitting around talking about, okay, what's going to be the next big thing? What's going to be our next new franchise? And you know, the bratty kid walks in and is like, uh, duh, it's going to be every man there. Yeah. And then they're like, right, we'll buy the rights to every man. He goes, uh, someone else already did that three weeks earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and then you cut to three weeks earlier where they walk in and talk to comic but It was just a really good kind of setup and switch. I got a good laugh out of it. Yeah, and uh, a nice misdirect there and led to a lot of good uh, um, Hollywood phony humor. What can we make a movie out of? Extension cords. <laughs> keys. <Paper> clips. <laughs> yeah, keys. <laughs> but yeah, it really ties into that whole, yeah, Pixar will just animate anything and yeah. <laughs> make a fun romp out what of it. What if extension cords had feelings? <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to say the moment from this episode that stood out to me was how quickly Hollywood, uh, sorry, Hollywood guy, comic book guy turned into a Hollywood phony. He gets the suit, starts, uh, he has this big open mansion and starts having parties, you know, all very not him. Adopts a Cambodian kid at some point. Called Prius. (laughs) It's a more fuel efficient name. (laughs) So yeah, being in uh, Hollywood and sort of working in this industry, did a lot of these sort of characterizations sort of ring true for you? Yeah, you know, it's just interesting. Like, I feel like you could tell as you're watching it, like (laughs) Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were literally in these situations before. And we're literally like, let's just put this into the episode. I think the scene where the lady is talking (laughs) about she just want to get back into business at the test screening. And she's like, 
I just want, I had yeah. to have a kid and all this. Like, I guarantee you that's just something they overheard at a premiere or something like mm. it, it just felt very authentic. And this, the way the studio looked like Warner brothers. And it's funny. This was made in 2009 because this feels like it could be a kid. that came out a year ago after justice league came out. And it's just mm. funny to see how a studio takes yeah. something and just could kind of ruin it or drive it into the ground and miss the point of what they should be doing. Oh, yeah, Justice League especially. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've still made it through that movie yet. We got bored about halfway. (laughs) To be fair, we were drunk. (laughs) So uh, Yeah, it's kind of interesting. That that joke in particular stood out to me is just being kind of flat where they spent a whole, like, half a minute talking to this continuity director and was just like, why are we doing this? It was probably, yeah, an insider kind of thing. I mean... I thought it was pretty flat, but that comes with the perspective of someone who hasn't seen dumpsters full of studio executives before. If they have, and this speaks to that experience, then hey, you know, there's something there. But yeah, as well to like remind you of all the test audience stuff as well. Yeah, that do I've been and... to a lot of test screenings. I actually have a test screening for First Man this week. <laughs> the new Ryan Gosling uh, oh, nice. movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like that happens here in LA a lot. They do test screenings. And they're fun to go to. Sometimes you don't want to go too early because the movie, will, if it has special yep. effects, will look just horrible, like animatronics. So oh, right. I do like to go to them once in a while if I think the movie's close to being complete. Yeah. But yeah, that's again, that's very how much a Hollywood thing. I don't know if they do those kind of screenings much outside of New York and L.A. Here it's just every, yeah. every time you go to a movie out here in L.A., there's people handing out passes to go to like test screenings. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they're really doing the uh, market research culture out there as well as a big movie culture. Yeah, and a lot of times they use it just to figure out if a movie's working. I went to one in March for Godzilla, the sequel, and King of All Monsters oh, wow. Wow. doesn't come out till next March. And it was so wow. unfinished that I, 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 <laughs> I didn't want to watch the movie because I was like, I need to see this with its effects. I can't be watching this yeah. in such an early stage. So uh, there's times where it could backfire when you go watch one of these things. But sometimes you'll see a movie and it's completely done, and then you won't see it for like a year later. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, post-production takes time. Yeah. Um, so how did they fill in the gaps with Godzilla? Did they just have like some dude with a hand puppet at some point? <laughs> it, was like, it was like <laughs> early, early, early like Pixar animation style stuff. Like Here's basically storyboard <laughs> animation. The movie I think is actually going to be really fun. But who wants to see a monster oh, movie cool. without the effects? No, that's it. But, I mean, nothing so bad that you'd say, I don't know, go stare into the sun to burn your eyes. No, that was a decent joke. Yeah. yeah. Ignored all animal instincts, stared at the sun. <laughs> so, Play Count, have you seen this episode before today? No, I haven't seen much outside of season 12, so this is definitely new for me, a, new, a first watch. Yeah, how about you, BT? I'm pretty sure no, but I definitely feel like I've seen that bit where Homer gets fat again and he's the pants, uh, the, the button off his pajama pants launches out and flicks Marge in the head. That was such a good bit of slapstick, I thought. Yeah, I, I got a laugh out of it, but like, I feel like I've either, I've either seen a gif or that's actually been in a different episode. I don't know. Yeah, well, we've seen this often where people are like, I know that moment. And yeah, yeah it's just because of gifs. Yeah, and, and the uh, highly advanced memes. Yes. <laughs> Simpsons shitposting, new level. Absolutely. Um, I've seen this uh, episode a bunch. I'd say probably ten something times. Yeah, ten times. Probably, yeah. That is too but many times. you know, I generally uh, like seasons twenty-one and twenty-two. I think that's sort of that was the show getting better again after the movie. Uh, like, I agree with everyone that the writing dropped off after like season twelve or whatever. But when the movie went into production, the show got very bad. Yeah. 
And yeah, and I think they sort of picked up again around this moment. And then they went down worse than ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't know the half of it, man. There's an episode where Bart gets a teacher pregnant with the power of voodoo. Good God. Ah, God, I wish you were joking. (laughs) And it ends with him and Homer doing a Les Miserables parody to try and coerce a horse to have sex with another horse. I can verify none of this is made up. (laughs) This is insane. Matt Groening, if he was dead, would be rolling in his grave. Actually, that's probably not true. He's probably <laughs> rolling around in money. That's why the shows keep yeah, going. I was about yeah. to say, he's rolling on a pile of money with many beautiful ladies. <laughs> and unsold bongo comics. At what point do you just say, you know what? We had a good run. It's never going to be as good yeah. as it was. Let's end it. They should have ended this thing at like 13. Yeah. 30 and done is what we're hoping. Hoping for. So uh, let's get into some of the wacky moments of this episode. What were sort of the, some of the cartoony elements that stood out to you? I would say I, there's one joke that I really thought was funny. Again, I don't know how wacky it was. It's just that when she goes to hug him and her, she feels her hand and is like freaked out. Yeah. I thought that was funny because he's been fat his whole life. And it's just like, oh, my God, I never been able to put my arms around you. I like the editing joke where he's fat and large, fat and large. Again, like Radioactive Man yep. had a great editing joke also. So stuff like that. Like yeah. a lot of times I'm watching this and I'm thinking – I just kind of want to go back and watch Radioactive Man episode. <laughs> like, there's some good <laughs> yeah. stuff in here, but like, it's been done so much better in a very similar way. I think they were talking on like the Batman movies of the '90s when they shot that. Yeah, it yeah. was obviously like there's even some Adam West Batman jokes in that one, where <laughs> the Boy Scout leader's like, "Use your nail, boy." Yeah, He's like, oh, get some... him, boys. Don't be afraid yeah. to use your nails, boys. Classic stuff in there. And this just feels like an updated version of that, but not as funny. Yeah. How about you? Some of the wacky moments? Oh, there was plenty of whack to be had here. Uh, they have a grasshopper raptor who eats Ben Kingsley. Yeah. So does Seth Rogen have a grudge against Ben Kingsley or something? Were they going for the same role and somehow Kingsley won? <laughs> I don't know. I think they were just like, what's the most, like, what's the best actor who everyone just is, like, holds in high esteem? And he has, and Ben Kingsley yeah. has done some really bad movies, like... He's oh, gone yeah. <laughs> in the gutter a few times, I think probably for money or whatever. Maybe he thought they were going to be good movies. He's been in some bad movies. Yeah. yeah. He's worked with Yule Ball. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. Uh, there's also a bit where Homer walks into the test screening and he fist bump uh, what looks like the lizard from Spider-Man, except <laughs> yep. it's like, then the guy, the lizard is in the movie and it's like, wait, is this a guy who's still in costume or what's going And the fact that. They show you fist bumping this guy. I thought it was a, a reference to Spider-Man, but then he's in the movie. So it's like, okay, well, why? I didn't know that beforehand. It was, it was just odd. I didn't get it. It's the ultimate method actor. To truly get into the part, he changed his DNA. That is dedication. <laughs> yeah, it made no sense. Oh, yeah. One, one of the bits of wackiness I did like, because it was just a quick little joke and they kept moving, was a comic by cracks his knuckles, cracks his neck, and then cracks his ponytail. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of those ones where they don't just stop and point it out. They just let it happen and you keep going. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that joke. Um, there was some good subtle humor in, in this. But yeah, as far as cartoony moments, I agree. I think it is um, sort of a bit too broad. Like some of the fat jokes as well, sort of like when they're cutting him out of the trailer. Yeah. Like I thought eh, that's a bit yeah, much. Yeah, that's a little bit. And the, him eating the cheese like that. I liked the joke at the first. I was like, oh, he can't just eat one, of course. And then he's just like, don't look yeah. at me. And it's unlucky to eat a, to eat an even number of cheese cubes. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then he's like, you look at me. Like one guy. Like I'm like, eh, this ain't that funny. Yeah. No, it's a shame. That, but yeah, the other, other cartoony moment that sort of stood out to me was the montage jokes. Yeah. And 
I thought it was almost there, but it just sort of dragged out a bit too long. And they're sort of, oh, let's do Eye of the Tiger. No, do Heroes. And what? Yeah. And then played two seconds of Heroes so they didn't have to pay for it. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, they totally should have used Eye of the Tiger there. I agree. <laughs> hey, it's my go-to karaoke. <laughs> Is it? Had Homer run up some steps. <laughs> yeah. Some of those jokes, I think a lot of stuff with the trainer was fine. I think it was really great. Yep. I liked it more when it was about the movie stuff. He had that one good joke where it's like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt before <laughs> he worked with them. And yeah. they were just like these two <laughs> obese people on scooters. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> there is actually, it's, I don't know if it really, if I want to call it wacky, but it's something that really stood out as just being very out of place for me, at least, is where the guy's all like, oh, so Homer, do you know why you eat? He's like, you know, I eat because I get stressful and not everyone has time to beep. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So that was censored for you as well? Yeah, that was censored too. And I think he says masturbate, but I'm not positive. <laughs> I think that's what he said. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he I did too. Yeah, so, I think so. But that's fascinating because I was under the impression he said fuck. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> no, it's crazy. Well, I mean, I guess it was pretty blunt, but there was one joke back in season 16 where he's like doing confession to a priest. And at one point in his big list of confessions, he goes... Uh, masturbated 8 million times and I have no intention in stopping now and it's like yeah wow 8, eight million given how <laughs> old he is I'm running the math on that later that is far too many times <laughs> for a man of his age <laughs> but yeah it's um, it's tying into what you were saying before that they're trying to do these sort of raunchier jokes and yeah that's not what we really liked about The Simpsons no I mean to me like the humour it would get outrageous but it was done in a smart way it never felt like it was in your face or dumb. Yeah. And when it did feel dumb, it was like smart dumb, if that's a thing. I think the writing was so sharp back then. Yeah. yeah, it was something that anything outrageous that happened, they had earned, or it was as a joke, like, you know, when they'd be like, in order to get this inheritance money, you must spend the night in a haunted house, kind of just poking fun at plot lines that did that kind of thing. Yeah. And then there was just a joke of, ah, best night's sleep I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times, some of the jokes that were more outlandish were like homages to like very huge pop culture movies or stuff like that. And to yeah. me, that was like, okay, yeah. you, you're going outside of the realm because you're using pop culture or something that you've seen in a movie yeah. that everyone can relate to, not just uh, something stupid, which I feel like some of these episodes... They're just going outrageous to be outrageous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one that springs to mind that we saw recently is um, Homer going all T2 when he's chasing after Ned. Oh, my God. With, the golf, uh, with the golf clubs? Uh, the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then another gr- – I feel like I'm going to say this about almost every episode from, like, from season 1 to 12, but almost every episode I'm like, one of the yeah. best Simpsons episodes ever. That one where Ned becomes yeah. friends with Homer <laughs> is gold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it's ranking. Yeah, that one we gave full top marks yeah, to. Yeah, Unanimous Cubic, I'm pretty sure that got. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, another thing we notice about the old episodes is that they have a lot more heart than the new seasons. Did this episode have heart? No, <laughs> not really. I and mean, that's another thing. It feels more like a product to me now than it did back then. Back then, there was some sort of yeah. gravitas or heart or soul to it. Mm. Even though things would get outrageous you almost would learn some sort of life lesson in those older episodes. Yeah. I learned nothing. There's no life lessons in this movie. Like, what is it? Hire a trainer (laughs) so you can be in better shape? Be happy with the way you are? Like, no, it just feels like a lot of setup for jokes, almost like a satire. And I would never have called the old Simpson episodes a satire type episode. If they did a satire like Mm. Radioactive Man, there was still something there with the relationship between two characters, like Millhouse and Barton, what they were going through. It wasn't yeah. just there for jokes. 
No, absolutely. And that's sort of a lot of the shame with this episode, that we could have had a lot more heart moments with Comic Book Guy and even Homer. Yeah, I think either follow Comic Book Guy becoming a Hollywood guy, where he just kind of loses himself in the success. That's It's been done, but hey, it's still a good character moment to have. Oh yeah, Homer just responding to the pressure of being on a $200 million movie when he's never done anything like this before. Yeah. And, have it, and he has to be fit in order to do that is then the pressure that pushes him into eating because they even establish stress and problems of what make him eat. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, I think if this yeah, was a comic absolutely. book guy episode, you could have been about how Hollywood changes somebody and how you kind of have to sell yourself out. I mean, instead, again, I don't like how it just became a Homer episode. Yeah. Now, we've, we've noticed that a lot with the new episodes, that it sort of devolves into the Homer show. And I think, yeah, that sort of answers the next question is, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? How was the integrity? I mean, I guess at times when you're, th- whatever season they're in, this was season, what, 21 or 20? 21, yeah. If, when you're this far along, these characters have already learned all the life lessons they're going to learn. So at this point yeah. <laughs> in the show, they're just vessels for jokes. They're just vessels to be put mm. into these different comedic situations. We've seen all the character growth we're going to get out of these characters in the first 15 seasons. You can yeah. still touch on more timely stuff, and you can still use the show as a vehicle to talk about what's going on in politics or the world today. But as far as these characters, they've been through every scenario yeah. already. <laughs> they can't grow much more yeah. as human beings because they've been through it. No, absolutely. So yeah, the show's integrity as a whole is a bit off, and I don't think Comic Book Guy or Homer, though, as the two particular focal points with this episode, really ever broke character, even sort of seeing Comic Book Guy being stretched and turned Hollywood, I thought. I bought it. I got a joke out of it, yeah, because it didn't dwell on it too long. So either, yeah, either make it a storyline or just that quick little bit that it was. and that, that Nobody was learned anything. Well, no, that yeah, was no it. But, I mean, I do like how they got Comic Book Guy to reset to zero, which was, oh, we'll let you direct it and write the sequel, but, you know, all you've got to do is tell all your fans that this is a good movie. Yeah, then he yeah. went Josh Trink and was like, right before Fantastic <laughs> Four comes out, he was like, this isn't my movie, yeah. yep. uh, which is career suicide yep. in Hollywood. That's why Trink, I don't think, has really made a movie since. I'd like that because oh, yeah. it immediately takes combo guy out of the Hollywood machine yeah. and it's in character with what he would probably do. Definitely. Yep. Turned a hardcore trank. <laughs> it definitely should become a verb. Yep. <laughs> yes or no. Would you watch this episode again? Um, I might, but it wouldn't be like by itself. Like I, the whole time watching this episode, I'm thinking I want to go back and watch the radioactive man episode. So, like, I feel like this would be a good double feature. Like, if I wanted to watch or show somebody, like, uh, you know, specifically Simpsons tackling Hollywood, I would show them the Radioactive Man episode. And then this episode and try to kind of, you know, look at some of the things that have changed or some things that stayed the same. And there's another episode in around season 12 or 11 where Mel Gibson is with the Simpsons and are in Hollywood. And I think that's another episode that would fit with this, kind of make a trilogy. So, yeah, it's not something I would revisit on its own, but I'd probably revisit if I was, like, trying to compare and contrast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how about you, BT? You know what? If I'm somewhere cozy and I've got, like, a warm beverage or a cold beverage or a beverage and I just don't want to get up, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, you know, I might watch it again. You know, like I said, I've got a little bit of nostalgia for it, but, um, yeah, not too much. Guest stars of the episode. So we had Kevin Michael Richardson. I'm a big fan of his voice work, his amazing talent. And yeah, I mentioned before Matt Groening as well. He was shoveling bongo comics and going, I'm so rich. I'm, I'm so, so rich. rich. <laughs> and yeah, also had Seth Rogen as, um, is it Rogen or Rogen? I never remember. Rogen. 
Rogan. Yeah, Rogan. Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. cool. um, you heard it direct from Hollywood, people. Rogan. Yeah, I didn't realize he was the trainer until you told me after the episode. Uh, he definitely changed his voice yeah. quite a bit. And I guess I didn't really love that character either, so he didn't really, wasn't really a standout to me. He didn't have a lot to do. I was like more interested in executives and like what was going on with Homer and these other guys than I was his trainer. Yeah. Yeah. There was one bit of shtick which I kind of liked but also didn't at times, which was the whole say something and then whisper to contradict and, you know, he's on the phone talking to Turtle. I, I yeah. hate him and ugh. It was an okay bit. It, they just did it too many times. I like the one where he goes, goodbye, bad bye. It's something that I still quote and think about today and, yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was a fine enough performance and, yeah, as the writer for this episode, this, I mean... I know you don't really have a point of comparison, but yeah, definitely for us, we noticed his writing did give this episode a bit of freshness that the new HD episodes don't often have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a big Hollywood player. He's a director, a producer. So he definitely knows what he's talking about. And you could feel a little bit like it felt authentic. Like this, here's somebody who's in the the Hollywood machine and is making these little fun observations. For sure. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, when he was pitching this as well, this episode, he sort of based this episode a lot about his experience doing Green Hornet uh, and how he had to cut a heap of weight for doing that. And then he made Green Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Simpsons stuff also took on this episode because at the time, and keep in mind this is 2009, they felt like there was a glut of superhero movies. And this is when <laughs> the MCU is only... Iron Man and Hulk deep. Like, wow. <laughs> we haven't even hit first Avengers yet. If that was a glut then, we're in a sea of glut. A, a collective <laughs> noun of gluts. Yeah. A I mean, gouge of, a gorge of gluts. There we go. This thing still feels pretty relevant. Like, if you told me this was shot last year or, yeah. or animated last year, yeah. it would almost make more sense than when it came out. Yeah, definitely. All right, JTE, did you have any final notes that you wanted to mention? Uh, just that this was episode was better than I thought it was going to be. I think Seth Rogen yep. and Goldberg, Evan Goldberg, really brought a lot to this episode. Yep. Yeah, I guess my final words on this is I really enjoyed it for the most part because it really is an inside look into Hollywood, and I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. They're really bringing the perspective of somebody that's inside the industry. And again, like I said, this is a great companion piece or spiritual sister or brother to the Radioactive Man episode. I don't think it's as good as that episode. Oh, no. But at the same time, they're exploring things that that thing did also. And it's kind of funny to see how Hollywood hasn't changed that much. (laughs) Like, I really enjoyed getting the more of the... yeah perspective of the producers and the studio heads and that's also what i loved in the first radioactive man episode those same guys with the ponytail who were just like we're gonna run this into the ground and we're probably gonna take whatever you love and what you think you love and change it to make it fit our product so overall solid episode i think the writing of those two guys really was a big big get for them i'm curious to see what these other episodes are gonna be like to be honest with you (laughs) <laughs> and yeah sorry i forgot to ask as well is there anything you'd like to change about this episode i mean at the, i would have to agree with what you guys were saying earlier i think homer just kind of came out of nowhere and became the lead of this episode when it didn't feel like it was going to be a homer episode i would have kept it with yeah. comic book guy and used homer and the rest of the family they could always even though they're not the main story they could always come in and just lay some groundwork some great jokes one of the best yeah. things about those radioactive men the radioactive man episode is Homer just hanging out with the grips and trying to be a teamster. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just, they could be around it. But they don't have to be the, 
Yeah, exactly. Ah, and they're just battling it out. Yeah. Um, I just think you actually could have told an interesting story about combo guy selling out and then making the heroic decision to not sell out and tell people not to watch the movie. You had an arc there yeah. and you, you kind of screwed it up and kicked the main character out and put it in Homer for some reason. Yeah, very yeah. much. How about you, BT? What would you like to change? Kind of already covered it. I think I'd, I'd rather follow comic book guy, I think, but if we're not going to do that, just follow Homer, but have him motivated a bit better. Like, I kept getting confused of where are they shooting this film because he's at home a lot, but then he's on set a lot. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, where is this actually taking place? So have him away from the family, and you know he's missing his family. He doesn't have that support. He's stressed out because he's the lead in this multi-million dollar project, and he doesn't know what he's doing. And from that, he starts stress eating when his trainer leaves because no one's motivating him anymore. And like I said, they've already established that that's why he needs to begin with. So you've already set that up and then not used it. Then give it a bit more emotional weight as well. Give him a bit more motivation to drive. Yeah, the location is actually a very interesting point because in the Radioactive Man episode, look, we're going to keep coming back to this. It's just the, the clearest, uh, of um, closest point to it. But yeah, Springfield was almost another character in that episode, sort of how the town were gouging the Hollywood guys as well. And so, yeah, in this one, yeah, what if Homer was actually in Hollywood? He's not around his family, yep. so he's extra, yeah, depressed or something. Yeah. Is it a town that doesn't have attacks on puffy directing pads? <laughs> oh, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, what I'd change about this episode, it might seem a bit tacky, but I would have actually had Bart more involved. Make him sort of comic book guy's assistant or... Uh, Someone know. that was keeping him grounded. Yeah, and so he could sort of start to uh, see comic book guy, yeah, turn Hollywood and him going, this isn't you. I, I think I would have liked that a bit more than than what we got but also you know i mostly liked this episode it just sort of petered out at the end yeah so did you have any other notes that you want to mention i do like when they first start reading every man they kind of transition in the comic book style that looks really good and it's got a pretty good theme song for every man as well that was kind of handy yeah and i like that his name was avery man <laughs> yeah because that's the way comic books write names yeah and there's a good quote in the Everyman comic book where the bank robbers are like, ah, it's just a flying fatso. Keep on robbing. <laughs> I got to chuckle. This was some of my favorite material in this open yeah. bit as well. And how they go like, we're going to, you're going to be beaten like an egg. And we're going <laughs> to scramble you like, like an, an egg. egg. <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> Nelson paints like Picasso rather, rather beautifully. Yeah. There's a whole mural. I forget what the painting is, but it's that black and white one that's about the war in Spain or something. Oh. Yes. Uh, my last note is the Cineplex in Springfield is showing Star Wars, The Apology, <laughs> which I think everyone has at least one film they want an apology for. Yeah. I think mine's Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> How about you, JTA? What Star Wars film do you want an apology for? I mean, listen, Phantom Menace is almost unwatchable in my opinion, but as a yeah. stupid kid, I watched it in theaters maybe five times. Yep. <laughs> I loved it back then. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I definitely had a lot of issues with Last Jedi, man, and it's, I don't even want to put it on Ryan Johnson so much as it doesn't look like they had a three-act story for a trilogy. It really felt like J.J. Yeah. Abrams set up all this stuff, and Ryan Johnson's like, and nope, I'm going to wipe that all out because there's no end game, so I could do whatever I want. And now JJ's going to be like, okay, I'm going to have to make up a whole new thing for the third. I wish they would have had a little more structure. So I'd have to say Last Jedi, unfortunately. Now, I didn't hate it. It was just, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, there's no plan here. <laughs> They're just yeah. doing whatever they want. Yeah, it was weird to just tear everything down, but not replace it with anything. That was the weird yeah. part. Like, okay, if you're going to tear it down, sure, but do something else. And then they, they, that's just not there. Yeah, I think you're right in the sense that they knew it was going to be a trilogy this time. The first three they made, 
they didn't know it was going to be the success. They didn't know they'd get to make another two. Whereas this time, they knew. So why yeah. not have it fully planned? Yeah, Empire and Return of the Jedi feel like sequels to each other. Whereas, like, you know, things yeah. pick up and are taken. Whereas this movie, at the end of the film, I looked over my girlfriend. I was like, there's a third movie, right? Because <laughs> this feels like yeah. the end of the trilogy <laughs> at the end of part two. I was like, they know they have to make another yep. movie, right? They know this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for my final notes. There were a couple of good sign gags in this as well. Like, yeah, Star Wars, the apology. And I like that one of the comic book shops was called the Maltese Vulcan. <laughs> and what was the other one? Mylar Baggins. Mylar Baggins, yep, yep. I was trying to remember they had, oh, yeah, uh, one of the movies was Eddie Murphy in Fat Suit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And there's Alvin the Chipmunks with the rabies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the one Chipmunks movie that I'd actually watch. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what movie they were talking about, but it was like, hey, Brett Ratner had final cut. I'm very aware of who had what cut. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. I'm ready to just dig on Ratner any chance I get. What do you guys think of Krusty's audition? Did you like that, JTA? Nah, I think it was that funny. It was pretty much a throwaway. At least it's in character with what he's like. Yeah. I don't like the fact that he's even going on audition now I think about it. One of my favorite jokes of the old Simpsons is he's about to record the voice for his doll. And he comes in. He's like, all right. Yeah. Burr, 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 burr. He runs him off. And then he <laughs> runs out the door. And then the audio guy's like, all right, Krusty, we're ready to... Krusty? <laughs> Like, that's just a great visual joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, this one didn't really do it for me. I really didn't need the scene at the Quickie Mart where Homer eats the off milk. Yeah, now that I think about it, that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, like, he was trying to purge weight, but then it didn't even matter because the film had already effectively been shot. Like, Yeah, it was dumb. Man, a lot of my notes aren't that great. But I did like the joke from the movie executive, and I made Bad Summer Movie, the Bad Summer Movie, which was a parody of Bad Summer Movies, which in itself, a Bad Summer Movie. movie. That's not bad. AKA Epic Movie. (laughs) Yes, Disaster Movie, that whole franchise. Mm -hmm. Have you actually even watched any of those? Like, uh, the last one I watched would have been, like, not another teen movie or something. No. No. (laughs) Like, I I don't even know how they qualify as films. Actually, I watched about half of Meet the Spartans. Ooh. (laughs) That was... Like, the trailer for that makes me want to cry. Yeah. Ugh. All right, guys, it is time to rank this thing. Yeah. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. But maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it participant. But for the good rankings, you got good bronze, great silver, excellent gold. But for the best of the very best, the ones that you'd uh, throw $200 million and make a movie out of them. What am I talking about? Anyway, the best episodes you give Cubic Zirconia. Let me go first. Let me show you how it's done. Uh, I'm giving this episode a silver. It's Ooh. probably just edging a little high, but I'm thinking about sort of the grand scope of things and a lot of reviews that I've given episodes for. And, you know, this is just a bit better than a lot of the ones I've given bronze. So just from that alone, I'm going to say, yeah, it's great, even though it sort of falls apart at the end. So silver for me. Uh, how about you, BT? I mean, I was on a silver until about the halfway point, and then it just slid right downhill for me. I'm on a bronze participant kind of range. I feel like I'm going to go bronze, though. I think there's enough decent material to keep it from being entirely bland and forgettable, like what I think of most participants. Yeah. So yeah, I got enough chuckles, and I would probably watch it again if it was on, but I would also... I feel like I would get halfway through and go, that's why I don't like this one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's okay. All right, JTE, finish it off. What would you like to rank it? I'm pretty much right there with BT. I was a silver for the first half of this episode, surprisingly. 
And it just kind of went downhill for me to the point where I, I was last five minutes. I was like, all right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Not enjoying as much yeah. as I was before. Yeah. So I got to bring it down to a bronze. But listen, that's in a success for this Simpsons episode because yeah. I was coming in thinking that's a metal I was going to rate it pretty damn low. So the fact it made it to a bronze is a little bit of a miracle in my eyes. Yep. All right, cool. Well, averaging out the rankings, that'll make it a shiny bronze. Other episodes that we've ranked shiny bronze are Simpson Tide when Homer joins the Navy. Mm-hmm. Sort of another episode that really started strong but ended very flat. Wait a minute, the Navy episode, is that the one where he goes in the sub? Yep. Yep, yep. It's my oh, first that's day. A, that's a good episode with Crimson Tide. Yeah, I, I was the one of the ones that gave it a silver, but... Yeah, it just sort of, it does fall apart at the end. I wasn't there for that review, so I still disagree, even though I haven't seen it. Yeah, I might have to disagree on that one. I have to watch it, but I might disagree with you. When he goes, nuclear. Nuclear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and sparkle, sparkle, and all that. Congratulations, you're now all World War I recreationists. Uh-oh. And uh, what else there was? Oh, and Beyond Blunderdome, it's got the same ranking as that, the Mel Gibson one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Hollywood playlist right there. All right, guys, so that does it for the HD era episode. Now we're going to go all the way back to season 11 to do Kill the Alligator and Run. We'll be right back. Oh, wow, I'm actually looking forward to this because I've heard it's awful and I remember it being okay. And we are back, and we just watched Season 11, Episode 19, Kill the Alligator and Run. First released in April of 2000, directed by Jen Kammerman and written by everyone's favourite, John Swartzwelder. In this episode, okay, a lot happens, but basically Homer is afraid of dying. He does a test that reveal uh, death might be around the corner. So he develops insomnia, which the family help him treat by taking a relaxing vacation, which turns out to be in spring break. (laughs) And he ends up partying his insomnia away, but he's a little sad when the party's over and he tries to continue the party. They end up killing a gator and then being on the run from the law. What'd you think? (laughs) Uh, You said a lot happens in this and that's the main thing I took away. It was like pick a lane Simpsons. I felt like there's like three or four episodes worth of like content in this one episode. Are you in prison? Are you on the run? Are you at spring break? Like I was like, okay. I was like, so much is happening in 21 minutes. I feel like they just tried to shove too much into the episode. Like, an episode about Homer at spring break could be a whole episode. Instead, yeah, it was like a portion of this episode. Then there's a portion where they're in jail. They're on the run. So for me, I was just watching and I was like, oh, this, it feels, it felt manic, like really manic. Like I just wish it was would have calmed down a little bit and try not to do so much <laughs> in one episode. Yeah, definitely. Take a breath every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was just a big vehicle for a lot of gags, and a lot of gags that I quite liked, but um, just the overall episode as a package sort of felt me a little wanting. Yeah, it's um, especially with the the way it finishes, just kind of ends very abruptly, and considering how much has happened up until this point, it does. Yeah, it's a very sun shock. That said, I had, a, I had some fun. I got some good laughs out of this one. Yeah. JTE, just starting out. For better or worse, what's just any moment from the story that stood out to you? I mean, I did like when he got the spring break and some of the jokes worked, some didn't. I like that she tied him to the bed and he literally like jumped out and he's like, spring break. (laughs) And every time a car drove by, he was like, spring break, spring break. I like that stuff. And hey, we got a Kid Rock cameo with Josie. That brought me back to (laughs) 2000-ish. So I enjoyed that. I think the best joke in the whole show was when the MTV host alarm goes off 
indicating that she's 25. <laughs> and then this younger, like 19 year old hot girl comes in. It's like, yay, I'm here. Your replacement. I thought that was funny. Cause that feels like what MTV used to be like, uh, like get the youngest, hottest girls in there. Totally. And- brush out the 25 is old is ridiculous (laughs) so like this was a movie reference as well wasn't it yeah logan's run oh really i've never seen logan's run i haven't either i just know the bit yeah i thought it was an excellent bit as well so yeah a a good little movie parody and also a tie into yeah like you said a real thing where mtv had just yeah keep trading out their hosts yeah one of their jokes i really liked was the lady that ran the diner and that cliche of you know what I like you. <laughs> like yeah. she gave an example for everybody and then they capped it off perfectly with the cop stealing the trailer. She's like, You're stealing my trailer. You know, I like you. I like that. <laughs> yeah. She's a very positive person, you know? Yeah. The only time that she objected to any of this was when Homer was about to hit her with a frying pan, which mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't a fan of that joke, but everything else that um the waitress had was great. Mm-hmm. How about you, BT? What's a moment from the story that stood out to you, for better or worse? Uh, I like Homer as the quiz master. He's in that purple bathrobe. He's got a traffic cone on his head, just wandering <laughs> around quizzing people. I got some laughs out of that. And then he's just in bed with Marge, just like, okay, there's a spider at the door, a snake on the phone, and a scorpion in the bathroom. Do you A, none of the below? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, to me, that was like a classic John Swartzwelder style joke. I mean, I don't... We'll never know who actually wrote it, but mm. it's that sort of misdirect that he does. Like when Homer's hitchhiking with the bed, like how in the next scene he's tied to the roof of a mm-hmm. car. The people who picked him up didn't make the effort to untie him from the bed, just launch the whole thing on their roof. I mean, he's a man by the side of the road tied to a bed. You don't trust that. You yeah. just take him where he needs to go. <laughs> I'm going to say the moment from the story that stood out to me was Diedrich Bader's character of the sheriff. I really enjoyed like how he was all, oh, boys will be boys. And the, yeah, the turn, you know, oh, beer companies pay me to look the other way. Every other time of the year, I'm a real hard ass. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy uh, from, he was on Drew Carey's show. He was also an office yeah. space, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> Put it on the Channel 7, the breast exam. Yeah. <laughs> I love him in office space. He's got like one of the funniest lines yeah. in that movie where he's like, you want to come over? He's like, nope, don't need you fucking up my life either. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a great little line. Uh, yeah, I recognize his voice immediately. I was like, oh, I, I didn't remember his name actually, but he's one of those guys, every time he pops up in a movie or a TV show, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. this guy's funny. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so plowing along with the question air, play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? I probably saw it when it originally aired. I do remember some of it. A lot yeah. of it I did not remember, but as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this I remember this. I didn't remember like specific jokes, but I remember the storyline and certain things that happened. I think it's a pretty you know forgettable episode overall, but at the same time, yeah. it has a couple jokes that land. Again, this goes back to when I watched the series like, in its heyday when it's in its prime, it feels like there's not a real point to it. It feels like it's just a roadmap to get you from gag to gag to gag. There's no real structure. I thought the episode was going to end like three different times because it felt like it (laughs) it just felt so disjointed. Like this is usually where an episode would end and then it would go on to a whole nother section. And I just thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, it really bounced from um, story to story to story. It, yeah, it definitely could have been so many different episodes. Um, have you seen this much in your past, BT? Oh, yeah, I've seen this maybe five, six times, I reckon. Possibly yeah. more. Yeah, um, I think 
we sort of uh, hit on this concept on a previous episode where I think I've watched this a lot just in the context of a play-all because this is a pretty good disc on season 11. It's just I found this episode actually a bit of an outlier for certainly the rest of the season. And yeah, so I think I've just watched it. I've hit play-all. I'm probably doing something else, playing video games. So just sort of half watching it. So yeah, I think I've seen it at least 10 times. Yeah, I think as Simpsons fans, we're spoiled because the season before oh, yeah. this, oh yeah, every week was a hit. It was like hit episode, mm. hit episode, hit episode. Season 10, 11 is the first time where you would get a couple hit episodes and one that just mm. would kind of fit, fall short or fail. And yeah. your level of standard by all the greatness before it is almost unfair. Because yeah. I agree with you, there are some good episodes in this season, but it's not like the previous seasons where it's just hit after hit after hit after hit. But well, how many Absolutely. shows could say they could do that? No, that's right. And, you know, they've gone from you know, some of the best television ever existing to pretty good television. Yeah. So uh, so let's talk about some of the wacky moments of this episode. What were some of the cartoony elements that stood out to you? Cartoony. That's interesting. I, I, I always like the jokes that work for me are best with the dialogue. Like I like where she's like, you, did you have to cuff the kids? And he's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> like that was one of my favorite <laughs> line deliveries. Try to think of something that's really cartoony. I mean, the fact that he like, you know, rode over the alligator and that they're like on the run oh you know what the train thing was stupid yeah <laughs> the train thing I, I know this is a cartoon reality could be bet but there's no way you survive that or get yeah. dragged along for like as long as they did and he like jumps out that joke was okay but simpsons always you know messes with you know reality as far as like what can and can't happen but yeah, this definitely. just felt like it went a little bit over out of bounds for me. Yeah, I mean, there's elements of the train bit that I really like, but as far as, like, the misdirect goes, like, there is no chance there was a second train track. They did several shots where it didn't yeah. exist. And as funny as a misdirect is, yeah, they miss one train and get hit by another. Yeah, I was okay with the train. That joke was okay to me, like, them getting hit right afterwards. Like, I get that, but being dragged and i mean that car would have exploded they should at least maybe got hit into the water or something which yeah you're thinking and then it's so funny that he goes oh the only thing we can do now is uh, just try and get some rest yep and then i like that that's the fade to the ad break they come back everyone's just napping yeah <laughs> and yeah it's really good that they don't show homer in that scene as well just comes back he's like oh, don't worry i talked to the engineer he said there's a procedure for this kind of thing and just pries him off with a rod <laughs> it's crazy I think people forget how grounded I think the first like two seasons of Simpsons were. Oh, definitely. Because if you took this joke with the train and put it in like middle of season two, Aye. it would not feel like it belonged at all. That's right. Yeah, it's very much a teens era episode of The Simpsons. But aside from the cartoony elements, how about the heart, the groundingness of the episode? Did you guys feel heart? No. <laughs> I, I, again, that's something about these episodes. This felt like it didn't have time. It never slowed down to build any kind of heartful moment. Yeah. It was at such a breakneck speed to get from like one part of the story to the next and just get some gags out. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know like where I guess the alligator dying might have been like a sad <laughs> moment, but even then it was such a joke. I don't think there's anything in this episode that was even trying to be heartfelt. Yeah. Maybe Homer's paranoia about death. I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for the most part, it's just, it's a vehicle for jokes, which is fine. It's just, yeah, you're not going to get anything emotional or any kind of reaction out of this other than some laughs. No, and even Marge, you know, who is normally our source for heart and her caring for Homer, any time that she felt anything, it was undercut by jokes. And I do like how she sort of cared for him after he starts freaking out and... 
you know, conversely, that she'd really gotten over him being the quiz master. <laughs> Marge, is braised ribs, do you think that counts honey braised? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, that question's pretty cut and dry. Ultimately, though, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Was the integrity of the characters all right, do you reckon? For me, when you say, like, the integrity of The Simpsons, Homer just feels like this is the transition where he's not quite the Homer mm. I fell in love with in the original series. He feels more manic. Now, I know at the beginning of the episode, he's manic because he's scared he's going to die. Yeah. But, like, the way his humor hit in this episode, it didn't feel like a character. It just felt like a vehicle for jokes. Yeah. And I think Homer in the past, he was dumb and funny and stupid, but he always had like a sweetness yeah. to him at times, or at least like uh, innocence. Definitely. Whereas when I'm watching this one, it's just like he's just being stupid for being stupid's sake. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, like Marge doesn't really get much to do. Mm. Bart, at least, don't really get much to do. This really is a Homer episode. Sure. And the whole thing where he's going crazy with like the baby and the <laughs> like he's shirtless and stuff and mr burns like in the past homer would screw up something like that at work mm. but it was never felt that insane or ridiculous to me yeah because it's actually, it's actually the writer john schwarzwelder has said when he's writing homer he just thinks of like a golden retriever so that kind of loving but also stupid well-intentioned thing yeah. and yeah here he's just kind of it's a little a shade dumber yeah, very all over the place, and his insanity was sort of just to be a vehicle for those jokes, and, you know, I sort of flip between liking and hating that, why isn't my baby gaining any weight? Um, because it's made of plastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you're saying about the rest of the characters as well is on point. You know, they're just sort of there to keep the Homer story going along, and I kind of think there's something charming about how quickly they adapted to the rural Florida lifestyle, though. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Like, again, that could be a whole episode. Yeah, definitely. There's been episodes where they're on the run or they're somewhere they usually aren't. And the whole episode, in a way, the writers would satire, like, what that meant. Yeah. Mm. There could be a whole episode about them being, like, hillbillies or something. <laughs> and it would be a whole episode. And mm. they would use the whole episode as a vehicle to make fun of, like, those kind of things. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's like a three minutes just rounding off a couple jokes onto the next thing. Yeah. Now we're prisoners. Yeah. And I, I honestly would have liked to see that episode. I really wanted to see more of the waitress lady who's just positive on everything. Yeah. Bart whittling at an eighth grade level. Yeah. <laughs> it's too tired for bickering. Mm -hmm. And so did this uh, sort of ring true about Florida? Have you been down there or? Yeah, I went to college in Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went to Winter Park, uh, Orlando area. Yeah, spring break is crazy down there. I didn't spend a lot of time near the ocean or the swamps. Yep. I lived like in Orlando, so it was a lot lot of city, a lot of amusement parks. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And there were alligators and swamps here and there. I did see some of those. Mm. Uh, but yeah, overall, it captured the spring break. It captured the MTV version of spring break pretty yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, I thought the whole spring break element was... I think it was a good way for Homer to relax, but also, as Americans, you would have been aware that it was currently spring break, right? I guess. I mean, I guess in Springfield, it may not be as big of a deal. Yeah. Because yeah. in Springfield, spring break is all over in Florida, which is America's wang. <laughs> yeah. they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have kept up with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You guys have got America's wang, and then we've got the state of Tasmania, which is a little island off the southeast of Australia, which, yeah, we uh, a euphemism for a vagina is a map of Tasmania in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, every country's got their um, genital geography joke. Um, so, <laughs> yes or no, JTE, would you watch this one again? I wouldn't seek it out. <laughs> yeah. If it was on, like, cable and I was flipping through channels and there's a joke I kind of like from it coming up, 
I would probably stick around for a certain joke, but I don't see myself revisiting this like I would the great episodes that I usually do. Absolutely. BT? Uh, yeah, check this one out again, especially if it's on. I don't think I'll track it down, but even though it's just a vehicle for jokes, I do quite like a lot of jokes in it, so... Yeah, it might just be the uh, sound bites that would really be great. I think yeah. every time I hear a song I like, I get Homer's voice in my head going, Woo, I like music. <laughs> um, so look, yeah. just little sound bite clips like that, uh, what this episode is made up of, but I'd still check it out. Yeah, I tend to agree. It's not, I'm not seeking it out, but if it was on, you know, I think this is actually a perfect phone scrolling episode. Is just, yeah, you tune out for the bits you don't like and tune back in. Because, yeah, it's one where I find myself loving and hating it every two minutes. It's um, quite bizarre. Yeah, it's there's so many jokes that I think the hit to miss ratio yeah. is more in favor of the misses, but it's close. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, there yeah. are some hits, there are some good hits in here. But I think overall, it, it misses a little bit more than it hits. Definitely. So, JT, what would you like to change about this episode? Uh, like I said earlier, pick a lane, man. <laughs> <laughs> this thing was going, switching lanes every few minutes. Like I said, half this episode could have been a spring break, a full episode of them on the run, them mm-hmm. in jail. Like, there's so many things they could have done. Just Homer dealing with, like, the fact that he might die could be a whole episode. Like yeah, yep. there's a whole episode with the Johnny Cash where he has the illusions of the dog. He's trying to find his soulmate is like, that's a great episode. And mm. it takes that one thing that he's dealing with and puts a whole episode to it. It has heart and it has like relevation and it's hilarious. So oh, yeah. I think you could have just done an episode about him coming, dealing that he's going to die one day. Instead it's solved the second he gets a spring break and it's not even the theme of the episode. Really. No, because, and uh, it's sort of some one of the problems that I have with the internal logic is that Homer's meant to have a relaxing weekend, but it turns out partying hardy is um, exactly what he needed. So like, I think there's just a sort of a weird jump with the logic. How about you, BT? What would you like to change about this episode? I think if you wanted to... Because I appreciate it is just a vehicle for jokes, and I kind of like episodes that are okay with that. They, just, they know what they are, and they do that. I think what's maybe lacking here is a bit of guilt from Homer because he gets everybody arrested. You kind of expect a moment where he's like... I put my kids in prison over, you know, just goofing off and trying to go to spring break. So I guess that's lacking. But the reason that's lacking is so we can have the joke where he's in. He's like, Your Honor, I'd like to represent myself. <clears throat> Drunken hicks of the jury. Yeah. And then you get the smash cut to them being in prison. Yeah, you've sacrificed the bit of heart for a joke. And I get that. And I understand that's why it's doing it. But yeah, a little bit of that, maybe a little bit of uh, Homer realizing what he's done and. Maybe then he can't sleep again. I don't know. You'd have to change a lot because there's just not a lot of time as mm. as it's currently structured. Yeah, I think for me, I really want to change the last part of the episode. I, I wish they didn't get arrested. I wish it was sort of more they led the police on a chase and then they discovered the crocodile because, yeah, one of the other logical problems with this episode mm. is that the gator gets hit in the swamp and then reappears in the mansion. Yeah, and so, no one checked if it was dead the entire time. Yeah, and you would have thought if Captain Jack, you know, he's this big hero of the area, they would have had like a, a full-on funeral for him, maybe with an open casket to, you know, th- this gator designed their flag after all. <laughs> so, yeah, because I didn't really like much of the prison material. There's a couple of good jokes where they're at the mansion and Homer's getting whipped and he gets whipped into being a very competent jazz pianist. It's what's lacking from most music schools, man. <laughs> it's the whiplash, quite literally, <laughs> method of schooling. I did like the joke where he's like, it's a cool hand Luke moment. He's like, I don't want you listening. You hear that? 
He's like, no, yeah. you oh, just yep. don't learn, do you? <laughs> it's like, he's a, he, no matter what he says, he's screwed. Yep, yep. Uh, so guest stars of the episode. Yeah, like we said before, Kid Rock and Joe C. This was one of Joe C.'s last ever things he did. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he passed away about six months after this episode was released. So were you much of a Kid Rock fan? Are you much of a Kid Rock fan oh, now? Oh, when that or? first album came out, yeah, man. I was ball with the ball all day. Like, I'd be in my car like, ball with the ball, the I mean, I like that yeah. first album a lot. I don't know if his albums quite were ever that good again. Uh, then he went country, mm. but I back when this song yeah, came out, yeah. that record came out, I was blasting it obnoxiously in my car back in the day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was like, I don't know, fourteen at the time, and I got my mom to go into our record store and buy it for me because it was R eighteen. <laughs> she's like, "Do I actually want you listening to this music?" <laughs> but I mean, I too, I remember loving that album back in the day. You know that and Cowboy, uh, the Sheriff's Right, Fist of Rage is a bit of a pumping song. But yeah, over time, Kid Rock has really soured on me and I sort of see his music more as appropriation rather than appreciation. And that speaks to both his, all of his hip hop, metal and country. Anyway, that's my musician rant. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought his uh, and Joe C's performance in this episode was good. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, they did exactly what they did. I mean, I'm sure Kid Rock was in that situation plenty of times in his life, being at a beach, spring break, just yep. rocking out. I did like that. They were going to, like, take him out, and then the sheriff came in and was talking down to him like yeah. kids, like, Kid Rock, Josie, you're better than this. <laughs> Would your mama want you stretching out that sweatshirt? Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell mama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good, and, you know, it shows they've got a bit of a sense of humor about yeah. themselves. It's good. Yeah, that was it for guest stars. Oh, I almost forgot. Robert Evans and Charlie Rose. What'd you think of this bit, JTA? Yeah, I like Robert Evans. He had a great documentary called The Kid Stays in the Picture. If you guys have never seen that, highly hmm. recommend uh, it was cool to hear him talk about Chinatown, Love Story, The Godfathers. And I was like, that's definitely Robert Evans. It was interesting. I think the joke went on a little too long. Like, mm. they each said it twice. Like, we're going to kill you, Homer. Like, once probably would have been fine for me. <laughs> and But it kept yep. going. But it was a cool little... Uh, nod to robert evans and the legend that he was as a film producer yeah absolutely uh, he's um you know doing my notes for the episode he's someone i actually wasn't aware of and then yeah just seeing his um filmography of stuff he's made it's it's impressive have you seen that documentary the kid stays in the picture uh no no i'll take uh, a note I've of, heard of it but yeah, yeah check it out it. it's really good the title of the movie is the kid stays in the picture and who he's referring to is jack nicholson and oh, uh, right. you'll, and if you watch the documentary, you'll know why. Oh, a little bit of a teaser. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I thought they did a decent job, but yeah, it did go on a bit too long for me. It was one of the few points of the episode that actually stopped for a minute. It is an interesting place to stop. I, I, I liked it. You don't know where it's going. He's just watching TV. It all sounds like Hollywood gibberish. And it says, I'm going to kill you, Homer. Yeah. You are so dead yeah they did that well and yeah you can tell it's homer's insanity but yeah i don't think i needed after the family come down the stairs and he's still just blabbing on like so musical moments from the episode so homer sings we built this city a lot <laughs> yeah i like that when he got on stage and he just tried changing the song we built yeah. this city i was like oh i like that song yeah. uh yeah and then you got kid rock ball the ball that's the only music yep. cues i really could think of oh they played uh was it louis Louis? Which is yeah. a throwback to what he played in the college episode where he joined yep. the nerds. And that's just a classic Animal House song. Yeah, absolutely. Must be a classic Spring Break song as well. 
I think it was weird how they did the smash cut with Louie Louie and then he sings We Built This City. I really wish it was just the smash cut straight to him singing We Built This City. Again, for an episode where you're all over the place, it's weird that they took up a bit of time with this this one static shot. Yeah, JTE, do you have any other notes about this episode before we rank it? Not really. I just, this is, like I said, there's hit and misses in this season. This is a miss for overall for me. But like I said, it was yep. close. There are some jokes in there I do like. But it does feel like not the Simpsons I loved and grew up with a lot of ways. This was when the signs were starting to show that, holy crap. Like, yep. as a kid, when I heard there's a new writer on a show, it didn't really mean anything to me. It wasn't until Simpsons, when the new writers took over, I go, oh, the writers are a big deal. This feels different. Mm. And yeah. I think this is a great example of the changeover that happened right around the time where it's still good, but not great. And it's heading towards bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You see the signs and especially the frantic nature of the story. I think as well, they might not have been copying Family Guy directly. I think just comedy shows around the time just were a bit more like Family Guy, that story was being sacrificed for gag vehicles. How about you, BT? Any other notes? Uh, these are all just lines I like. So yeah. uh, I like when uh, he's in the therapist's office, like, you hate your father, don't you? Yeah, but the guy I really hate is your father. Yeah. I'm sorry I brought that up. I was just venting. Yeah, that was um <laughs> fun little bit of banter between them. I think it's a good little Schwarzweldian misdirect as well. Yeah. Um, just a simple line, my pockets hurt. <laughs> They're being pursued. It's like, pull over. There's no good places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one day I really want to crack that out and get arrested for it. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be worth it. Yeah. When Lisa's like, Dad, you can't drive. He has your license. Well, I'll try anyway. <gasps> it's a miracle. <laughs> I got a good chuckle out of that. Just plugs the keys in and, yeah, who needed a license anyway? Yep. Now it ain't Buckingham Palace. No. Yeah. And my final one is going to be uh, something I never noticed before. It's like they're on the run for Gator Side and defrauding an Amtrak snack bar. When Homer comes back from the snack bar <laughs> on the train, he's obviously scammed them somehow. Yeah. Or just stolen this food. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And that's my rapid fire joke notes. All right, cool. Time for my final notes. I do think about Homer saying, giving Bart the money, and three makes three. I like that line. It's followed up by the weird uh, thing that his money's actually for the uh, Montana militia or something. Yeah, which is a little bit more ominous these days. but uh, <clears throat> Very ominous. And yeah, I like Homer when he gets the quiz book and he's just answering the questions on the cover. Are you a good driver? Yes. Are you a good lover? Yeah. Hmm. We're going to find yeah. out what makes me tick. I think it's hunger and rage. Yeah, but in what ratio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really sad, though, how he came over to Flanders' house. Like, this is like in the same season that Maud died. And yeah, I think it was too raw and it wasn't funny. Yeah, I got to laugh at it. <laughs> When he's singing Jimmy Crack Corn, I do like how he brings it in to We Built This City again. <laughs> actually, you were just saying, she, um, the singer of that song actually wrote the, the, the writer. Yeah, it was a writer for Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship and wrote all the good songs. Yeah, Want Somebody to Love and mm -hmm. Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now and mm -hmm. all those classic and hits. And White Rabbit, never forget White Rabbit. Oh, throw the, throw the radio in when White Rabbit peaks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really hated Homer making the joke about Lisa and Bart getting married, I think. They were playing with the sort of the charming hillbilly thing. Mm. I think leaning into the incest was just the obvious joke there. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little too, took a little too long and was a little too gross. Mm. But yeah, conversely, I did like how, oh, your, your suit certainly brings out the red in your neck. <laughs> well, you should wait till summertime when the horse flies got at it. <laughs> and my final note is that the episode ends on such a fizzer of a joke where mm. the family goes, okay, we're still welcome in North Dakota. And Bart goes, yeah, I want to see Mount Rushmore. That's South Dakota. 
And that's the final joke of the episode? What a... Uh, not a good closer. No. All right, guys. It is time to rank this thing. BT, why don't you take the lead on this one? Well, I appreciate this one has some faults in the sense of story and really not having any kind of heart to it. I still have a lot of fun with it. Get some laughs. So I'm probably going to go with Silver on this one. Yeah, it's a fun ride. It's not a meaningful ride, but it's fun. Wow. How about you, JTE? <sighs> I'm going to go bronze. It's a low bronze. Like, yeah. I gave bronze, I believe, to the Seth Rogen episode. And that was a high yeah. bronze. That was like borderline <laughs> silver. But this is like yeah. just barely made it to bronze. Like I said, I think at the end of the episode, more jokes missed than landed for me. And the franticness of it and just the fact they couldn't just pick a storyline. It feels like a mess. But at the end of the day, I did laugh a few times. So I have to give it a low bronze. Fair enough. I am surprised. I was really wrestling with my decision, but you guys have helped solidify it. I'm giving it a participant. Really? <laughs> wow. Um, which is weird because I'm normally the nice judge out of all of us. And <laughs> yeah. I forgive a lot of this stuff. But no, it, for me, it's just too frantic and... The cringe moments really do bring it down for me. And if I'm being honest, it's an episode that I do not really want to watch again. And, you know, much like you were saying, Jake, this is skirting the border for me. You know, this is a high participant for me, but... You know what? You talked me into it. Mark me down for participant. Oh. <laughs> I'm out of the bronze. Because oh. <laughs> at the end of the day, I wouldn't watch this again. That's a good point. Of course, yeah, we say if you're going to give it a medal ranking, you yeah. at least want to watch it again. Are you happy with your silver? I don't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is interesting. This is the second time that we've had uh, episode rank silver yeah. participant participant. Previously, that happened with season 27's Friend with Benefit, which, yeah, Phil liked, but we didn't. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this will average out into being a dull bronze, which sounds so right. This will be joining other episodes like season one's Homer's Odyssey, which is fine, but it's just the show's still finding its feet. Mm. Large Marge, when she gets breast implants, it's the Ugh. same ranking as that. How is that even a participant? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. What else? Uh, Jazzy and the Pussycats, when Bart becomes a jazz drummer. Groovy. And Dark Knight Court, which, JTE, if you're going to watch a HD era episode for fun, Dark Knight Court is... Such a 50-50 split. Like yeah. that, that A story's boring as hell, but the B story's really good. So Mr. Burns is inspired by Batman and Bruce Wayne because, you know, he is also a rich guy that could be a superhero. So he decides to become Fruit Batman. Okay. And Smithers just runs into places and pays criminals to, to just give up when Mr. Burns shows up. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, cool. So that does it for the teens era. Now, finally, JTE, we can treat you to one of the classic episodes. We are going to go to season seven's Team Homer, AKA the Pin Pals. Ah. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode for the evening, which was Season 7, Episode 12, Team Homer. This was first released in January of 1996, directed by Mark Kirtland, written by Mike Scully. In this episode, you guys at home, you know it, it's the Pin Pals episode, and also it's Bart and Lisa, they have to have <laughs> wear school uniforms, and oh god, uh, what'd you think? I mean, this is a great episode. It's funny, like, I love all the episodes in this run, but... This isn't, yeah. like, quite tier one, like the Scorpio episode, or for me, like, <laughs> the one where they go and join the Boy Scouts. Or like, those are some of my favorites. But this is just super solid. Yeah. I, there's barely a joke in here that doesn't work for me. And there's a couple jokes where I was like, oh, the great thing is going back and watching these episodes, there's so many great jokes that I remember, but I always don't, I don't mm -hmm. always remember what episode they're in. And every time one of those great jokes come up, I'm like, oh, it's this episode. Great. 
And then, as soon as the joke starts, I already know exactly what it is, and I love it anyway. Yeah, yeah, we uh, come across it. It's yeah, we end up doing the pre-noting where we're yeah. already laughing at the joke, we're already noting it down. <laughs> How about you, BT? What'd you think? Oh man, it's such a cold classic. I actually forgotten what the B story was when they're going through Bart with a mad iron on transfer. I'm like, oh yeah, what is this? And they're like uniforms, awesome. Yeah, see. Uh, this was a funny thing for us, actually, because the vast majority of schools in Australia have mandatory mu- uniforms. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, so I'm guessing you as well grew up in a schools without uniforms? Yeah, this is America. Not too many schools yeah. <laughs> make you do that, uh, unless you're in like a private school yeah. or something. Yeah, I never had to yeah. wear a uniform, thank God. Yeah, mine weren't quite that drab. I had like white and green and then white and blue at my high school. You, Beach? Yeah, same kind of deal. Like. You had ties at your high school. Yeah, you didn't. No. Son of a bitch. (laughs) But yeah, so it was a funny story for us to see play out. And, you know, we got a little bit of how America, American culture works. I love when the reaction of the faces of the kids, when Martin comes out wearing, and Lisa comes out wearing, like the the look on the kids' faces, what mine would be like if I was in school and they're like, you have to wear uniforms. Here they are. I would have been like, when they did a close up of Millhouse and he's just like, in horror, <laughs> I was laughing yeah. so hard because I was like, "That is exactly how I would be. That's how kids I went to school would be if we saw if we had to wear uniforms, like anything like that." Yeah, it was also a cool character moment with both Martin and Lisa. How Martin, like, he is oh, yeah. so oblivious; he thinks this is awesome, whereas Lisa's like a lot more coy, and she's like, "Oh shit, this isn't good." Yeah, the B story in this has some of the best jokes, man. One of the, my mm. favorite jokes, and I didn't realize it was in the episode, is when. Th- <laughs> the principal is, you know, Skinner is showing him around and he's like, all right, well, this is a perfect trip. I'm going to give you a 10. Start with a zero first <laughs> and now a yeah, vertical yeah. line to indicate the one. Like, who does that? And this is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And just the way that a shirt like that can make all the kids in the school, like, rebel. like right, instantly. <laughs> and then maybe one of my favorite scenes this episode, Skinner having that Vietnam flashback. <laughs> He's like, ah, Mad oh. Magazine, we meet again. <laughs> and he just starts going, <laughs> and it goes all the way to, like, this stew that he made while he was a prisoner. I mean, I love <laughs> getting that really dark backstory from Mr. Skinner. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this is, like, a really... As we noticed, as it went on, Skinner's become less of this diverse character who's, you know, the authority figure who gets undermined by his servitude to Chalmers and his mother, and it just becomes... He's just a punching bag for his mother. But this is, yeah, the early days where he was this complex character, and I really like how it slowly zooms on him, the lighting yeah. change just be the, the slits of the Venetian blind, and he gets this echo to his voice I never noticed before that's yeah. like really just gives the moment so much power and then you go he goes from talking about being in the prison camp to just talking about not being able to find the stew when he got back to the states they just can't get the spices right it's so good and i like that it played with skinner's character as well that he was like the shirt said up with miniskirts we all had a laugh but i didn't quite understand it (laughs) it's just such good skinner in this episode yeah, what's another moment from the story that stood out to you, for better or worse? I'm guessing better. There's so many. I, I, I think when Mr. Burns thinks that Homer is the doughboy, the Pillsbury doughboy, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> and he's so out of it, and he's like poking him in the eye and everything. And the way that joke later, they deliver on it again, where they're like, there's only two people mm. in our database that can come close to a match. <laughs> and when Homer's body aligns with the Pillsbury Doughboy, and it says like one billion and 44 million chance yeah, of yeah. error, like just something yeah. like that is a great callback to that joke. And it's hilarious to me. So like, I love that. And then it ends with the mole man with the drill. He thinks he's like the leprechaun. <laughs> it's like, he's so out of it on whatever that stuff he was taking. 
I Ethan, just think, yeah. Yeah. That's another one of those jokes that I remember as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's this episode. Yeah, and it probably, because, um, yeah, we didn't have Pillsbury Doughboy. We didn't have Lucky Charms in Australia. So um, I think, yeah, these jokes probably played just like 1% more for you guys. But, yeah. yeah. We still got it. Yeah, it still got it. And, yeah, every chubby kid, myself included, would be called <laughs> Poppin' Fresh. And it doesn't help that I'm very ticklish and that, yeah, people poke my belly. I do go, hee. <laughs> How about you, BT? What's a moment from this episode that stood out to you? Uh, I really like when the two stories briefly intersect, whether... Um, kids are like ah these uniforms suck and i was like where do you get that such language just cuts to home it's like oh boy that team sure did suck last night (laughs) yeah i've seen some teams suck before but they're the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked Uh, oh sorry my wiener kids are listening yeah that was so good when he's like i gotta go my wiener kids here he's like he's like why are you dressed like that they made us oh they made us it's that great moment of he's on such a high from their winning streak and the kids are on such a low from the uniforms it's a great little part to have them cross over Absolutely. And yeah, I'm going to say the moment of the story that stood out to me was the Mad Magazine involvement. Just what a great way to roll into the episode. And yeah, just all the little comments on it. Oh, they're making fun of that Spiro Agnew guy. He must work there. Yeah, or the bit was like, oh, it's the super special. They only make 17 of these a year. (laughs) And uh, it reminded me, I like to used to make my own Mad Magazine fold-ins when I was younger. Yeah, just... Really, really brought me back. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy. You just start by folding, draw the picture, and then... Um, Figure out how to make it. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun little art exercise. All right, so play count. JTE, how many times before tonight have you seen this episode? A bunch. Uh, here's the thing. Like, yeah. Obviously, you had the original run, and then you know there were a lot of channels out here will do a lot of repeats. If I came across anything from this time period, I would stop and watch it. But there was oh, a yeah. time when like DVDs were really hitting, and I remember I used to have the first seven or eight seasons of The Simpsons on DVD for like yeah. quite a while. And then after I moved, so a lot of them got damaged. And for a long time, I you know they're not easy to find. Like you can't buy mm. the Blu-rays. I think season twenty is when they start releasing them in Blu-ray, but they haven't gone and done the back catalog for a lot of these. No, they've only gone as far back as season 15. It's really annoying. It's so annoying. <laughs> dumb. The good thing is, because of this show, I found out the FX app works on my Xbox One. So I'm, I now have oh, cool. access to all the episodes on my TV, which I plan on watching a bunch more. I mean, yeah, <laughs> for some of those moments that are in the show, I'll, I'm going to refer to them a lot because <laughs> I joke around yeah. about Simpsons all the time. And if I'm ever having out my friends, I'm going to mention some of the jokes in this episode because they're so good. So I will watch this again. Absolutely. Who knows when, but it'll definitely happen. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know if I can put a number on it. How about mm. I still remember the little VHS tape that I made with this. A lot of season seven really rings true for me. I think this is absolutely the show at its peak. Yep. yep. I will say, even though I've seen it a bunch, I probably haven't seen it for maybe 10 years. So a yeah. lot of this stuff came as a surprise to me. Like the scene where uh, Homer's asking Marge to pay him $500 for sex. <laughs> I, that either flew, was censored or flew over my head completely. I just died laughing at that. I do remember it. Like I think in Australia they censored where she goes, and I don't have $500 for sex. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great moment earlier, too, where Marge is like, Homer wants the attention, and she just keeps going, oh, that's so great that Otto did that. Like she's like, she's <laughs> And you know yeah. she's messing with him. Because she knows him so well. <laughs> and it does happen more yeah. in the series besides this one time where Marge just knows what he's looking for and she's not going to give in to him because yeah. she knows it'll drive him crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bit where he's retelling the story of how Otto got the split, but he's making it all about him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sorry, got the spare. No. Because, yeah, objectively picking up a 7-10 split is yeah. way more impressive. <laughs> 
But actually, no, something that I noticed with that in this rewatch is that they do keep returning to Homer and Marge in bed and him looking to Marge for comfort or advice or any of this stuff. And it really leads to some lovely moments between them, I think. Yeah, it's, you know, again, this episode does have some heart to it. I know you're going to ask me that later, but it's about mm-hmm. teamwork. You know, how, what do you sacrifice yeah. for your friends? And yeah, I just, again, these are a bunch of guys that wanted to play some bowling and they're all outcasts and they had to form a team together, yep. which leads me to another one of my favorite jokes is when they go to the bowling alley. Cause Homer's like, I guess I'll go back, see my kids. He's like, please Mo, where else can we go? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. and the kid working behind the bowling alley is like, I couldn't give my own mother a alley. And she just comes by. She's yeah. like, I have no son. <laughs> like, that's just yeah. a great joke on top of a joke. Which is uh, now some good Simpsons continuity that mm-hmm. we didn't know is that the squeaky voice teen is the son of Lunch Lady Doris. It's uh, building more connections in the world. But I mean, we're talking about the uh, heart already. May as well uh, knock off that question. Yeah, what a, is a heart moment that stood out to you, Beach? Uh, there's a bit where they're trying to boot Mr. Burns off the team and they're just kicking home under the table. And he does that whole, <laughs> here comes the friendship, which you first, you get a joke from him being just trying to be cute. And then there's a, oh, I lost the nail. Well, that's leprosy for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like the, obviously Homer just doesn't have the heart, but it cuts to Apu and Mo who are also like, oh, you know, yeah. have that expression of, well, I guess you, it, we can't kick him off just now. They've yeah. got, they've, they're also struggling with that idea, obviously. And then later on when he gives them the pin pal jackets and they're all like, Ah, oh, you, you can stay. Yeah. Yeah, and Homer doesn't read the situation and is like, you're off the team. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just ripping you, Monty. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's nice to go from, obviously, Homer is conflicted because it's his boss to the whole team's conflicted because he's, you know, an, an old man who's actually enjoying himself for a change. Yeah, yeah. And I got, watching this episode, one of, and I knew this was going to be an episode, one of the jokes me and my friends would always talk about or refer to and it's by far to me one of the better jokes of the whole season. Yeah. Is Mr. Burns literally like can't walk and he's like, You're gonna have to tell the team I'm not gonna be able to play today. <laughs> and Mo comes in and pulls like a Tanya Harding and just happens yeah, to yeah. knock it back in place. Like that is well, that precision at its best. Yeah, what a great misdirect, and yeah, a reference that is now once again relevant. And weren't you just saying that your girlfriend April's going off to see that tonight? Yeah, she's going to see Haitania, and as I was watching episode, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, here's a Haitania joke. Man, all, all the amazing coincidences. I will say, yeah, the other heart moment that stood out to me was the final Marge consoling Homer, and he's built the little trophy case, which looks a lot like the spice rack from <laughs> uh, season two, I think. And yeah, he goes, oh, so you mean we're definitely going to win? She's like, well, and he goes, I I don't need this anymore. And this is an amazing bit where you don't see him flushing the Oscar down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And they sell the joke even with a practically static animation shot. I think, uh, mm. yeah, it's brilliant. The line, oh, someone, someone broke, broke the, the toilet. toilet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you broke it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, how about some of the wacky moments? What are some of the cartoony elements that stood out to you? Uh, some of the cartoon elements. One that I guess I could say didn't really work for me was... It's followed by a joke that did work when the pin's wobbling and it's not going down and Ned just looks up and is like, it's me, Ned. And then it falls over. I was like, that's great. That's Mm. perfect. That's Ned all the way. But then it's followed up with the Homer getting electrocuted by the ball returner. And I thought that second part didn't really land so much for me. I thought it was, you could have just ended with that pin falling down. It would have been perfect. Yeah, I mean, the Mole Man drill, that's pretty damn cartoony, but I love how (laughs) they did it off screen. And you just hear him say, my brains. 
Uh, so yeah, that worked. I'm trying to think. I just I love when the kids the suits just start becoming all colored and they're like bring back to life. Oh, isn't that great? I'm freaking out. Yeah, I'm freaking and uh, out. Martin's running around in what was clearly uniform underwear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, um, and I like uh, even Chalmers. He was like, "Oh, Skinner, you've messed up again. Why aren't these uniforms color fast?" And this, oh, I don't understand. Same place. My mother gets her dresses. <gasps> She's in the park, and then Chalmers just quickly is like. I want to see yeah, this. I got to see. He's like, I'm not missing this. <laughs> uh, and it's great because um, it's sort of like cartoon wackiness that they don't show you. Or you sort of leave it up to your imagination. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. Sometimes a lot of times what they don't show you. Exactly. Do you have some cartoony elements? Oh, boy, do I ever. Uh, <laughs> when the school descends into anarchy with Bart's shirt and they tip over Krabappel's desk, it just catches yes. fire. Oh, yeah. Yes, that was great. <laughs> Mr. Burns has a line about, Oh, Poppin' Fresh, I owe my robust physique to your tubes of triple bleached goo. <laughs> <laughs> just not even sure what he's going on, but Burnsy-isms are always fun. Because, yeah, Poppin' Fresh is like, uh, um, it's dough that you can like make into croissants and pastries and things yeah. like yeah. that, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah, all the children blinking in unison. <laughs> I love that sound. <laughs> I really, I wonder if they got the entire writing staff to just blink or something <laughs> and see if they could get that. Yeah, and uh, it's not really wacky, wacky, but I think we in Australia can relate to this. For when uniforms came out, uh, where it's like, yeah, you can select your sizes from extra small or extra large. <laughs> oh, I've just been told we're out of extra large. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That sounds familiar. <laughs> but ultimately, though, guys, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? How's the integrity of the show and the characters? I mean, yeah, this is heading its in the middle of its stride right here, in my opinion. Mm, uh, yeah. Almost no jokes missed. I think Homer is the Homer that I love where he's stupid and he just can't read situations, which I think he's never over the top and just being used for a joke for no reason. I think it all has to do with what mm. he's trying to achieve, being part of the pin pals, not wanting to go home. Uh, he's a selfish person in a lot of ways, too. And for me, that it just works perfectly. And then the way with the kids is just such a Simpsons episode. And again, yeah. I, it, was, it was refreshing to watch it again. Yeah, absolutely. I, and you, you were fine with the integrity? Absolutely. Everyone's on point. This is a you know very iconic episode. And this is The Simpsons. Yeah. The other thing I want to say about the character integrity as well is that I really enjoyed all the four people groupings that the show made mm. um, for various bowling teams. Like, yeah, they made so much sense, like the Holy Rollers and the Homewreckers. And I even love the um, the cops, like, because, yeah, you only know the three of them. So, of course, they got in a ringer for Snake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Bye. You knew that was going to happen. Like, second, you know, oh, I think yeah. the first time I watched this episode, you're like, you know exactly what that's gonna go yeah yeah and i thought the home records well, that's a deep cut because some of those characters yeah are like season one yeah. season two i was like oh damn it yeah and then, Lelaine, mindy and at first the they show the three lady. girls and then at the very end they show the french guy that the guy that marge almost has an affair with like early in like season Jacques. two Jacques. yeah which is an awesome throwback as well because he was a professional bowler yeah that's right yeah and yeah you're right like deep cuts it really makes it so satisfying for fans and and I love the knowing joke of the other team, the stereotypes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like it's... yeah. And Apu is like, they begged me to join. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes or no, would you guys watch this one again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a question. Some great jokes. Some of the jokes, like I told you, that are the ones that I refer to just out of the blue. Like, I will always refer to that Tanya Harding joke. Like, me and my friends will talk yep. and just bring it up all the time. The vertical <laughs> line to make a 10 that's another classic yep. for me. Yeah, I'd I absolutely watch this again. 
Yeah, you too, Beach. Oh, yeah, it's total comfort food. This is, you know, you want to mm. curl up with a warm mug or something and just watch The Simpsons. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm going to watch it again. You guys are going to watch it again. What playlist do we put this in? What other Simpsons episodes remind you of this one? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, sports, sports, sports. Yeah, sports. <laughs> yeah, the one where Homer joins the baseball team and... That's a classic. Yep, yep. <laughs> With the Homer nuclear bats, such a good plant episode. has their own team. Yeah, we constantly uh, reference that as like one of the absolute top tier episodes. Yeah, yeah, that is um, an amazing episode. They always handle baseball and sports overall really well. One of the another quote. Yep. It's not from this episode. Is here come the pretzels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is like one of the most ridiculous jokes. And then like. The way they cut to him pleading for help and cut to him unconscious, being yeah, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. kidding. He was like, "This is a sad, sad day for baseball." Sad day for baseball. I actually, I had that event pretty much happen at my high school one day where, um, yeah, some company like delivered like these little snack cakes, mm-hmm. and but they were awful. And then, of course, by recess, the whole school just descended into a food fight. It was just these little chocolate ca- uh, snack cakes <laughs> everywhere. And, like, they were doing it for market research. We were meant to fill out a form. No one filled out the form, but, <laughs> yeah, everything got covered in chocolate. Anyway, um, so, yeah, other episode playlists. I guess you could do, like, good Mr. Burns stories. Yeah, Burns and Homer. Yeah, yeah definitely. The one where Homer takes over for Mr. Smithers is a great one also. Homer the Smithers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, another one that we consider top tier. I'd say, yeah, you can also make a good playlist of Otto episodes. Yeah, and some Chalmers episodes. Oh, definitely. Oh, Superintendent Chalmers. <laughs> Why are there children trampling my head? <laughs> it's so good. JTE, is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? <laughs> no. <laughs> the, not really. <laughs> like I said, the electricity, we got electri- electrocuted after he made that comment. I guess you could cut that. But outside yeah. of that, there's almost nothing else. I would maybe update the best supporting actor. It was Don Amici. <laughs> Oh, who's that? Sorry. Uh, on the Oscar that's crossed off with his name, Homer Simpson, mm. it's Don yeah. Amici. I'm not sure what he won the Oscar for. It was best oh, supporting. Okay. <laughs> and I, I want, yeah. I'll look it up, but I don't know that. I'm not that familiar with that actor or what he won for. So maybe update that Oscar with like another supporting actor who probably didn't deserve it. <laughs> How about you, BT? What would you like to change? I don't think there's anything to change. I think when I think of maybe classic Simpsons, some of them are a little, little tighter packed. That a lot of them have that one-two joke that we're not quite getting here. So there's a you know when you're laughing at one part, there's another backup joke that hits you even harder. Sure. But no, this is a this is a great episode. Yeah, I'd say look, I don't actually want to change it, but I did think in this rewatch, I would be curious to see if it was Homer that was kicked out of the team instead. But also, I think that would ruin the whole Otto being you know the thing that uh, helps them win the game in the with end the, with the skill tester and trying to win the harmonica and the Harvard diploma yeah <laughs> which is just beautiful because yeah it's calling back to jokes that were great in their own right and then it made it the thing that helps them win the game so mm-hmm. yeah even though Otto's out of the team he still wins the game and he does it by playing the skill tester the reason they plucked him out of the and got him on the team in the first place and also, Otto gets what he wants. He got his lobster harmonica. Yep. That was such a satisfying moment. I thought he was going for the Harvard diploma, and then he went back to the <laughs> lobster harmonica. Well, pri- I was like, okay. Priorities, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were there any musical moments that stood out to you guys? You can do it, Otto. You yeah. can do it, Otto. Help each other out. That'll be our motto. Yeah. That was great. All um, those, basically. And, yeah, and the little reference to sticks there, Dom already got Mr. Roboto. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Yeah, all the chants were pretty good. Rhyming Homer with Homer? Oh, mwah. 
So JTA, do you have any other notes before we rank this thing? Don Amici won Best Supporting Actor for Cocoon. Oh, <laughs> the, uh, that one Ron okay. Howard movie with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Interesting. I looked that up while we were talking. Not much, <laughs> man, except for like this is again. I think it's a great episode. I think it has some deep cuts with uh, yeah. some of the characters. I think you got some classic Skinner moments in here. Anytime he's with Chalmers and anytime he has a flashback to his past, I just love it. Yeah. I just love oh. the show that could go will go that dark for a moment. Great Homer and Mo, I think has some great moments in this. I think the knee thing is one of my favorite Mo moments ever. Mr. Smithers and Mr. Burns, everyone's bringing her A game, and the B story is just as good as the A story, <laughs> if not in some ways yeah. maybe better. So yeah, there's not much to complain about. Uh, it's a great episode. Excellent, BT. Any other notes? Oh, yeah, there's a whole rant of Mo's where he's like. Ah, I hate being treated like dirt. I'm better than dirt. Well, not that fancy Stolberg dirt. That's full of nutrients, and I can't compete with that. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole. I kind of want. I kind of want to look at the script of that because that's a really good rant. Well, yeah, I was trying to take down notes, and I'm like, oh, slow down, Mo. This is all gold. This is all pure gold. Uh, but no, that's my final. I'm out of stuff. All right, I just need a couple of seconds to consolidate my notes. Nice. And while he's doing that, uh, we do have a question we like to ask guests. If you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? Or if that seems a little too hard to figure out, just the simple question, best sandwich? <laughs> sandwich. Like any kind of sandwich? Yeah. It would, However you like. It would be like a, it would be a long French bread roll, and it, nice. would, be a, it would be like a sub, but with hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. yeah, they I'm used to do this that. back in the day some places would actually do this they would cut two patties in half and put it as like your sandwich and then yeah, all yeah. that would be on there is cheese a little bit of mayo and that's it keep it simple no i like it now that you mentioned that i'm thinking about like get the long roll but get like multiple mini patties and then each one is a little different as you go down like it's a, it's a one long ah. slider interesting yeah. yeah that's not bad like <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a bunch of sliders just connected just all together though <laughs> but i like the simplicity of it sometimes people overthink these things and it's uh, yeah, yeah i'm a simple guy i like my shit plain that's good all right cool it's time for my final speedy final note time i like how marge is concerned with the mad magazine all oh, those magazines make a dangerous amount of laughter <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a great line and yeah uh, when homer's in bed with her asking for the 500 dollars, and she goes why don't you ask mr burns oh i asked him for 1500 dollars last week he said no <laughs> why did you need that I'm gonna get the third degree from you too <laughs> it's like another one of these things where they leave it up to your imagination yeah. the uniforms were by a company called mr boy and mr boy for girls yeah i saw that <laughs> that was weird <laughs> great visual joke i thought yeah and just reinforcing how it's just not gonna work yeah yeah and i can't believe we didn't mention um stop everything i don't remember writing a check for bowling uh, that says bowling sir <laughs> oh that's very important yes remember the month you forgot it hmm nope that's unpleasant for everybody <laughs> and then she repeats it all. Wait yeah. a second, I don't remember writing a check for bowling. It's an excellent misdirect, and yeah, tied into when, because yeah. Uh, yeah, you think Mr. Burns going to come down on them, and he's like, I want to join your team. You're going to join his what? You're going to what his team? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then his people like, I haven't felt this good since my last bowling. Yeah. <laughs> this episode has just got such good memory, right? Mm. Yeah, and in the scene where Bart like sees Krabappel's butt, he's got the slingshot. I'm like, there's something I do here. <laughs> yeah, and the Nelson follow-up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and my final note, and it's just a little bit of a, how did this work out? The Holy Rollers can clearly clear a strike every time. Mm -hmm. I I'm still wondering how they were in the position where, obviously, Mr. Burns can only get one or two pins at a time. And yeah, that, that's How did the point. scores work out? That also leads uh, to one of my favorite visuals, of the ball slowly yeah. going down 
and the whole <laughs> team going one after another, strike, yeah. pins down, strike, pins down. That gave me a good yeah. laugh. That was just a great visual gag. <laughs> but I, I chalk that one up to you're having too much fun at the time to re- right. really care about the logic about that. You're invested at this point, so yeah. And yeah, it has the other good misdirect where you think Burns got a strike, but he steps aside and it's Homer's good one. <laughs> All right, guys, it is time to rank this thing. Uh, BT, why don't you kick it off this time? I kicked it off last time. Um, oh, I'm split on this one. I'm either on like a low cubic or a high gold, and I'm just not sure where I'm sitting. Because while it is like incredibly, I feel like there's a bit of a, a nostalgia thing here where I'm remembering it more fondly than maybe I should. Yep. Because it is very much, it's such an iconic episode. But I think of some of the other things we've given cubic to, and they've been, you know, such densely packed, will give you jokes forever. You'll come back to it after years and still find something new about it. Ah, where are my guts on this one? Whew. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say gold. I'm gonna sit with that for a little bit and see where I, I think it might. Ah, goddamn it! No, cubic. <laughs> give me the, no. give me the rankings again. All right, so failure participant, and then bronze, silver, gold, and then cubic zirconia are at the very top. What do you, what do you reckon, JTA? Well, where are you going? I'm gonna with this? go gold. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's one below the best. I, I mean, I'm gonna leave that top one for like the, you know, rare air. <laughs> like this one is, yeah, this one is really good. But like you said, there's other ones like for me, the Scorpio episode just mm-hmm. hits so much and so quickly and so nonstop. That to me is like a top one. This is but this is a solid gold episode. Yeah, absolutely. And we sort of say on the show that there's actually not too much difference between a gold and a cubic. Yeah. Like by our definition, gold is excellent, but cubic is essential. Yeah. So in that frame, do you, uh, you'd say it won't, wouldn't be an essential episode for Experience the Simpsons. <sighs> It's hard to say no to that. (laughs) But at the same time, there's so many good episodes that I'll put it in gold, but knowing that that's only because there's so many good ones. Hey, it's a fair rank. It's it's not controversial. Mm. What a... Beach, sticking with uh, gold? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the gold. It's, I, I want to put it higher. That's the thing. Like it's, But you, I was watching through it critically, and while I had this big grin on my face, I'm like, oh, okay, and I'm thinking about the other ones we give in the cubic. Like, Homer at Bat is still one of the best episodes ever, and it's just so quick and so dense, and you've always got that one-two punch of jokes. And while there's some great jokes in this one, it's just not that kind of absolute perfection, I suppose. So it's very, very good. It's 99%. It's just not 100%. Yeah, well, I mean, I am going to be the one giving it cubic zirconia no, myself. We because... needed some one person to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just for me, I do think this is just one of the timeless episodes and there's so much to take from it. You know, there's a part of me critically that thinks, oh, well, the, the kids' story and Homer's story don't have a lot to do with each other, but they, they do be. intersect at one point and it's not at all a downfall of the episode. There's just so much fun to be had. And again, because you've got a great solid kid story great mm. solid homer story you've got something for the whole family so yeah um i, I uh, yeah cubic zirconia for me so all right that will and so everyone's cool with their ranks yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough and i might change my mind tomorrow but for now i think that's where i'm gonna have to leave it all right well this will equal a shiny gold all around and this will be joining other such episodes as homer and apu when apu comes to live with the simpsons the Homer They Fall, the boxing episode. Oh, so good. With yeah. uh, Kid Gorgeous. Wait, no, it's Kid Presentable. No, wait. <laughs> Kid, Kid Gruesome. Actually, it's Kid Mo. Yeah. <laughs> and also The Secret War of Lisa Simpson, where uh, she and Bart go off uh, to join military school. I would really put this on par with Homer and Apu. I think this is really in the same kind of vein as that. Yeah. No, totally. All right, guys. Yeah, that about does it for The Simpsons Index for this week. Uh, JTA, seriously, thank you so much for joining us. 
No, thank you guys. I love The Simpsons, and I've been one of those people who just haven't really haven't revisited anything past season twelve. So for me, this yep. was a cool little experiment to actually force myself to watch some of the newer Simpsons because <laughs> I just was like, <laughs> I was so against it. And you know, we watched episode by Seth Rogen, which I liked for the most part it wasn't bad yeah in fact it was better than the season 12 episode and if you asked me before this <laughs> would any episode be better than anything before season 13 i would have said mm. no so at least it changed my mind a little bit so that was nice well no i was glad to get you on and um yeah it was good to have a actual spokesperson of california yeah. to be able to comment on all that stuff so yeah really good thank you for doing the show and we hope we can get you on again uh, maybe in the future because there is a pin pal sequel that is very much not a good episode oh, no. I, I didn't know that you didn't know that hence my reaction oh it's so bad but yeah um yeah we'd love to have you back on the show if you when, you, when you're on the air this long you have to start digging into your past glories yeah. just to scrap together yeah. an episode probably uh, I you know what? That's tough. <laughs> I didn't know that either, so that's depressing. Well, yeah, and I mean, at least they have never done a Hank Scorpio sequel because mm. I think that'd be uh, terrible. Yeah, we kind of got it with Don't the give movie. Them ideas because Albert Brooks yeah, was the voice of. of the government agent. At least we got Albert Brooks is great. Also, anytime he's in episodes, oh, pretty fantastic. Fucking legend. Yeah, and he was Jock as well. Yeah, such a good actor. All right, cool. Well, yeah, that about does it for us. Thank you, JTA, again, and thank you, BT, as always. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and that's been JTE. Thanks for watching, guys, and listening. <laughs> and that's been BT Calloway. Also, thank you. <laughs> and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house! Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter. Now, there's no deleted scenes today, folks, but there are a few things I just want to mention. I want to take another moment to thank JTE for appearing on the show. You can find him on his YouTube channel, JTE Movie Things. You can also see him on Screen Junkies, Collider, and The Schmodown, all available on YouTube. And he is also frequently on his partner's YouTube channel, April 13 Dawn, and they also have a Patreon together. So go kick him a couple of bucks at patreon.com slash Dawn. And also just a reminder that we have a web series. It's called Dave Plus One, and it's a really funny romantic comedy. It's available on YouTube or at DavePlusOne.com. We had an absolute blast making it. You know, BT Calloway and Phil Calloway wrote the thing, and I produced it. And if you like us, you like our sense of humor, you'll have a lot of fun with Dave Plus One. It's a really great show, and I'm super proud of it. All right, guys, that's it for us this week. Join us next week when me and Jordan and BT return to the wasteland. Oh, yes, that's right. It's going to be our all-time terrible episode special HD Wasteland